0: We are in the mood for fantasy football. We are Pro Football Network. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. With me, as always, Tommy Garrett. You can reach me on Twitter at BJ Rudell. You can reach Tommy at Tommy Garrett PFN. We have two major storylines we want to talk about today with our injury report. One concerning Derrick Henry, we're going to dissect it. We're going to give you some uh, uh, deep dive fantasy advice about all the ramifications of that injury and then also James Winston and what's happening with the Saints. First off, Tommy, uh, Derrick Henry, uh, what, what was your reaction when you heard about the news that uh, and now it looks like, you know, six to 10 weeks um, could be out for the rest of the regular season? We don't know. What was your reaction? How do you process this?
1: It sucks. I mean, plain and simple. Um we've been treated for the past two seasons of getting able to watch Derrick Henry perform at this incredible level. Uh so to see one of the the brightest stars in the NFL go down uh with an injury just it's a gut punch. Uh just just fans across the board, screw fantasy, everything else just for one of the good guys in the NFL, uh, it's it's just hard it's it's a hard thing to watch because it's you go out there and you watch him every single game and it's one of the most electric players because you never know what's going to happen. He can might run any single play. He's going to run someone over, stiff arm someone, then break a play for, you know, 80 some odd yards. Uh, so to see him go down for a little bit, granted, it's not a, a massive injury. Um, it could have been obviously much worse. Uh, which we'll we'll kind of go into in a little bit. So it's right. hopefully we see him make a, a run if the chief, the um, sorry, if the Titans end up making it back into the playoffs. There's a chance we see him towards the end of the playoffs. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, Derrick Henry's season is is over, and also in turn, it ends one of the greatest stretches for a running back in basically modern NFL history.
0: Yeah, I think our colleague John Helmkamp had some stat about the last 25 games. He'd run yeah. for, you know, it was like 3,300 yards or something ridiculous. I mean, it was uh, just, over the
1: last 25 games, almost 3,200 yards, 127 rushing yards per game, averaging just over five yards per carry and 30 touchdowns.
0: It's incredible um, for that kind of uh, stamina yep. and the way he was used. This is something I just want to talk about because this is yes. uh, near and dear to me. You know, he gets 28 carries uh, the other week. You know, it's like he's he is is run and run and run over and over again he's on pace to you know before he got hurt to break larry johnson's long time russian record of of carries per game uh from my money i feel like you know when running backs are getting worked like that we see the impact that it has on their bodies even someone built like a derrick henry is there any chance you think and this is a Large scale question. Do you think that, that we're headed towards a, a scenario where the NFL is is going to get away from this bell cow role and get more and more into these, you know, two two back systems to try to reduce the load, especially with an 18 week, 17 game season. And it just seems like the carries are going to build up regardless.
1: Uh, it's nothing new. We've seen a reduction in pure one single back backfields for several years now. I mean, going back to like to the Carolina Panthers with a uh, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, like the first kind of like thunder and lightning, we always kind of look back. Like ever since then, like we've seen a majority of teams kind of moving more and more towards using multiple running backs uh, situations. So you kind of look at the uh, look at the New York Giants. You spend a high draft pick on Saquon Barkley, and he's continuously getting hurt. Uh, So now they're running more, um, more multiple running backs. That's even when he is healthy. Uh, Carolina Panthers, even now, again, with uh, Christian McCaffrey, now he's getting hurt. They're seeing what they can get things done with, you know, Mike Davis last year or now Chupa Hubbard. So I think it's it's one of the situations where it's Derrick Henry was very much an outlier and still is an outlier um, to where he can his body was able to absorb this kind of contact. I mean, he already had two hundred and nineteen rushing attempts. Uh, just through eight games of work, which is just unfathomable, coming off back-to-back years of 300 plus. Uh, very few teams can handle that, and the NFL, it's you want to have, make sure you have a fresh legs uh, in the game. That's why you see the Denver Broncos with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. As much as we would love to see this be a single backfield uh, type role, where we know this would be a a high uh, high valued uh, player in fantasy football. Like they're better off having as a franchise having two guys that they can throw out there on any single given play and produce. Uh you're going to see more and more teams doing this. It's why the uh, Seattle Seahawks right now, they gave Chris Carson that a longer contract and mm-hmm. now he's banked up again. Um so I think you're going to see more and more teams kind of shy away, shy away from using that single back like they have been in recent history and throwing this extra game. I think it's more and more likely. Um where someone like right now like Najee Harris, the workload he's getting, that's going to become an outlier. Um it already is and I think it'll only continue to be so uh, moving forward.
0: And uh, Tommy, to your point, I mean, you look back, uh, anyone can look back 20 years ago, take a look at the uh, number of uh, uh, running backs with 200 plus Russian attempts and yep. then compare that to last year. It's dramatic how different And there's is. no
1: Jerome Bettises left in the NFL. Like yeah. you don't
0: do this anymore. That's right. And, and, uh, and it has an impact on fantasy leagues. It means yes. having that bell cow running back is now more precious than ever. You can't just rely on a Deuce McAllister. I'm dating myself here from Mm -hmm. 15 years ago as, you know, the eighth best running back. And you know that he's going to get just as many carries uh, as Sean Alexander. Maybe he won't do as much with them, but you know, you're getting 20 carries a game. Uh, You're you're not getting that kind of volume from most guys these days. So even we saw uh, with Chuba Hubbard yesterday, who I traded for at the last minute because I needed a rental basically um, but you know, he fumbles, who do they bring in Royce Freeman, they bring in Amir Abdullah Hubbard ends up scoring a touchdown. He salvages a yep. fantasy day, but the point is there's three backs ready to go in that, in that offense. And that's after Christian McCaffrey. So even there you start to see, you know, there's, there's no one safe, uh, from, from being relegated to more of a, a one a versus a bell cow. If it means it's going to help the team. Yep. And I just want to tell you about today's sponsor of in the mood, and that's X chair. Um, uh, I have this X chair right here uh, that is the probably the most comfortable chair I've ever had. Um, I am not someone who uh, asks for birthday gifts, which drives my wife crazy. Um, but if I knew that this chair existed, I would have asked for this chair. Um, this is as comfortable as it gets. Uh, when I lean back, when I lean forward, it conforms to my back. I have had lower back issues over the years. I don't feel them in this chair. So thank you, X-Chair. If you want one, go to xchairpfn.com now. That's the letter x Chairpfn.com, or call 1-844-4-X-Chair for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. So again, xchairpfn.com. Uh, there is a signing today as we we're recording this, maybe an hour ago, um, Adrian Peterson uh, back to uh, reclaim his status as the number one fantasy running back. Um, what do we expect out of Adrian Peterson uh, in light of Jeremy McNichols and in light of the fact that Adrian Peterson uh, is old enough to be perhaps one or two running backs uh, father?
1: <laughs> You're not kidding. Um, outside of like Frank Gore, he's one of the oldest guys left in the NFL. It's. No, I have this theory, and I don't think the Tennessee Titans are actually bringing in Adrian Peterson for his rushing ability because there's one person who is actually a bigger outlier from a medical standpoint than Derrick Henry, it's Adrian Peterson. So I think they're actually bringing him in to get some of his blood to then give that to Derrick Henry to get him back on, onto the field in like three weeks. I think that makes a lot of sense. With today's modern medicine, I mean, you can't convince me otherwise – uh, as have you tweeted that to, out
0: by any chance? Uh, I have I, not tweeted that out. I would, yet. I would love to. I would love to be able to retweet that.
1: I will put on my tinfoil hat all day long and I love you. doing Great. it. Uh, in terms of while you're getting on the field, I don't think this is the only move the Tennessee Titans are going to make. Um, you don't replace Derrick Henry with a single player, and especially not someone like Adrian Peterson. Uh, granted, we've seen him take on a little bit of a of a sizable role. We go back over, like, go back to like 2017. Uh, He was averaging nearly like 200 carries a game, uh, 200 carries a season um, when he was going back and forth between like Arizona one point, New Orleans and Washington, uh, then winds up in that cluster that was in Detroit. Uh, So we know he can handle at least some of the workload, but I don't think he's going to take away all the volume. Like this is still a very run heavy uh, football team. You've got Jerry McNichols that's on the team that can take some of that as well. But I still think they're likely going to make another move it's hard for me to see any titans uh, running back whoever they bring in be fantasy relevant in terms of a like a startable like running back two um in this mm-hmm. offense you're looking more towards like a like a running back three to what a uh, running back four uh type committee uh it's just going to be a very much a decreased value and it's outside of maybe like aj brown it's going to be hard for me to recommend a single titans player moving forward even if they add someone else uh with the trade deadline looming tomorrow
0: Do you think that Julio Jones or even like a Jeff Swaim gets any bump uh, with the idea that if X number of uh, Mm -hmm. touches are going to Derrick Henry, in this case, about uh, almost 30 a game, he was getting pretty much. um, If let's say the running back group is not getting 30 to collectively. um, Does that mean that we see a little more volume for someone else or does it mean that they're just, not able to uh, uh, keep time of possession on their side the way they did when they had Derrick Henry. They're not running yeah. as many plays. And so it's subtraction by subtraction. It's basically, you don't have Derrick Henry, you don't have as good a team, and so your passing game isn't any better.
1: I think you bring up a good point about terms of being able to control the clock because that's one of their biggest, uh, the biggest weapons that the Tennessee Titans have was they just control the ball. Um, and if they can just hold your defense to, if they can hold your offense and have to kick a couple of field goals, they knew that they could stay in, in any game they wanted. Um, I think they will probably end up throwing the ball a little more, but one of the issues is that the Tennessee Titans passing game, a lot of it was predicated on play action. Uh, so when you lose the threat of the running game, now teams sit there and play back like Ryan Tannehill played decent in his last couple of games, but for a long part of the season, like he has struggled. Um, you bring up Julio Jones, Julio Jones has to stay on the field uh, for him to even be a factor weekly. Uh, so I think you probably will see a few more passing attempts per game. Uh, but how much of it actually moves the needle? I'm not sure uh, because, mm. exp- like, look, look at this week. They take on the Los Angeles Rams, who just got uh, Von, Miller. Von Miller. So you have you know Leonard Floyd, yeah. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. So even if like this week is going to be absolutely brutal for them without having Derrick Henry, moving forward you might end up seeing some more passing attempts. Uh, but it's it's going to be more a little more muted because teams now no longer going to fear the running game like they used to.
0: Yeah. I, um, I really like, uh, the, uh, the time of possession call there because I just looked it up and yeah, in fact, Tennessee is second in the league in time of possession. And it will be interesting to see if that, if their first ranking first. starts dropping precipitously, um, uh, you know, it, Tannehill, uh, is used to playing with an elite running back. So what That's- happens if he doesn't have that to lean on? Yeah. um, I, I do think Julio Jones can, I, I do think he's one of those guys and I'm a sucker for, for quote unquote talented receivers who just aren't yet getting their numbers. But at the same time, we've seen other talented receivers this year, not get their numbers. Uh, Allen Robinson for one, uh, Laviska Shenault another, um, these are, you know, there's pl- uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, these are guys who, you know should be getting more touches should be getting more involved with Julio Jones it's an injury related but even when he was on the field um, yeah. he wasn't establishing himself but it is it is concerning for this Tennessee team as they start their march to for what they hope will be a playoff run that you look at their team right now and you're wondering aside from AJ Brown who do they have that isn't a you know that is better than replacement level value Yep. And that's uh, uh, concerning to think about, and it's also concerning from a fantasy perspective because you now have this black hole in the backfield. Where Tommy, as you pointed out, you go from having an elite running back to no one you can trust uh, going into potentially Week Nine. I mean, especially um, right now,
1: if you're like a dynasty manager and you've got Derrick Henry on your team, like everyone has been saying for the past couple of years, to sell Derrick Henry, sell Derrick Henry, but he's continually proven the people that have held to him correct. Because the, the volume alone, like he's been one of the top running backs in the NFL. It's There's now the notion, okay, now you need to try to trade away Derrick Henry. But now you're trading away Derrick Henry or attempting to and people are now going to be able to use the, okay, well now the, the, the rushing carries are now starting to take their toll. So that window you had to sell Derrick Henry at peak value yeah. for Dynasty, even at 27 years old, like he is still one of the highest valued running backs. That's now even been further diminished. Uh, so it's if You're a dynasty manager and you were sitting here trying to hope to make the playoffs with Derek Henry and then make a move in the offseason, hopefully you were going to come out of that with a maybe a championship, maybe a top place finish, and try to use that to build your team through the draft. Now you just potentially lost your biggest bargaining chip and Derek Henry, you might only get called 70% value of what you were looking yeah. at because this is now going to be used in those trade talks. Is now okay, is the wear and tear now finally catching up to Derrick Henry, where beforehand you were able to say nah it hasn't happened yet
0: yeah very good point so let's turn the tables what if uh, for all those people out there there's more of them who don't have derrick henry
1: yeah. uh,
0: than those who do unless everyone who listens to us happens to have derrick henry which would be congratulations yeah phenomenal um, actually i guess
1: no not, not so much congratulations anymore
0: not anymore if we'd it recorded was. this a couple of days ago it would have been yeah. but surprising i'll say that if everyone listening to this uh, has derrick henry that would be just a statistical anomaly that i can't really fathom but uh, uh for those of you who don't tell me my question for you is if you're out of the playoffs so if you're 2 and 6 right now and you're in dynasty mm-hmm. what do you offer for Derrick Henry?
1: I don't know if i go after him to be honest. I'm in that camp where I don't have any shares of Derrick Henry um in in fantasy in dynasty. Uh, wow. I don't have him on any of my teams. Um most of my leagues have been going on for several years and Mm -hmm. it was just one of those, he was just never one of those guys that went out there and tried to acquire in drafts. Um, especially now at this point, like I'm kind of now going to be in that camp where it's going to say, eh, well, maybe these, these injuries are starting to pile up. And if if I'm already like you're saying, if I only have two wins, I'm already planning on rebuilding. So I'm not going to try to rebuild my team with a veteran running back. Who's closing in on that peak. Like he's probably now on the far side of his peak in terms of volume. Right. I think we're going to all going to assume that. So, if it was me, I'm now going to, I'm trying to move and make my team younger. Um, I might try to go and buy low on someone like Cam Akers, uh, who mm-hmm. we've seen go out there. We've now seen, you know, Marlon Mack dealing with the same injury and is playing well. We know this, how good that offense can be with Matthew Stafford. So, I'm trying to buy low on him. Um, I'm trying to build my team younger for the most part and try to plan for the future, try to get some more draft picks, maybe get a couple uh, in the first round to the, to the second rounds. Of this upcoming draft and really look forward to like The 2023 class which I know mm-hmm. is A long ways away but we know how good that Class can be so for yeah. me I'm I'm not Actually trying to get better by Getting someone like Derrick Henry for me if I Had him and I was on a team that was doing that I'd Be looking to, to offload him to someone else That thinks hey look I'm a one Piece away maybe and I'm trying to compete and win next Year uh, for me yeah I wouldn't be Actually going for Derrick Henry if I was So if you had Henry
0: spots. who would you give Who would you want for him if you had him right now Oh, that's such a trade. tough question because yeah, it's Calver. so league
1: dependent.
0: Ah, oh, I mean, yes. That's the issue. That's, it's so like
1: guy every guy. trade scenario was so league dependent. I mean, if you could give me someone that's a a solid RB2,
0: like. Would you get Keenan Allen? for Would you trade Derek Henry for Keenan Allen?
1: I would take Keenan Allen. Yeah, I yeah. would take Keenan Allen because I trust in Justin Herbert. Um, Keenan Allen, like Grant, he's kind of pushed down a little bit because of Mike Williams. But we expect that to come back yeah. up. He's a guy who's always going to see like consistently like you know 100 catches a season is what he has. Yeah. Herbert's playing like he can't do anything wrong. Um see so yeah, I could do Same. Keenan Allen cuz I mean wide receivers also tend to maintain their value for a longer period of time. Right. Um yeah, I would like moving like if I can move Derrick Henry for a solid receiver, I would have no issue doing that.
0: That for me Keenan Allen is one of those guys. He's like a barometer that I use for mm-hmm. like RB1s. Like if an RB1 yeah. is struggling or an RB1 is hurt, does he pass the Keenan Allen test? Yes. Yeah. Keenan Allen, you know, you're getting good production and one or two breakouts every season, but you're getting good production. So that's the, you know, it's like, are you willing to sacrifice the RB1 for the future to get that good production? Um, good stuff. Let's shift gears uh, before we close out to the Saints. Jameis Winston mm-hmm. out, brutal injury. Taysom Hill, concussion might be back this week. Let's just assume Taysom Hill returns. We kind of know what we, what we have in Trevor Simeon. Uh, We saw him in Denver. We see him with the saints still shocked that they beat the bucks. It just didn't make sense. I'm still shocked that the receiving core, I don't think anyone in the saints receiving core could start on any other NFL team. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but I get that sense with, with the, uh, with that team. It's incredible that they can do what they do with Alvin Kamara and a good defense. Um, With that in mind, Taysom Hill, I heard you talking a little bit uh, when we talked this morning. So I'm going to ask you just point blank. Should everyone be rushing out to get Taysom Hill if he's on waivers right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely would. Um, We were going into the season wondering, you know, who's going to be the start between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Uh, They finally didn't make the decision to go with Jameis Winston, but we kind of saw a glimpse of what this offense can be with Taysom Hill uh, under center. Uh, and this is also an offense that did not have Michael Thomas last year for the most part. Uh, if you go back from like week eleven through week fourteen, when Taysom Hill was starting, he was a QB one in every single week, yeah. uh, averaging almost like twenty three points per game during that time stretch. So that even includes the game where only through like I think he had nine completions passes, against yeah. Denver. Yeah, but it was and that was even. Scores. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because he got it done on the ground. That's what we know he can do. Right. Um, Alvin Kamara managers probably aren't going to love hearing this. Uh, but at the same time, like Kamara was still. A, a running back one uh, over this time stretch. If you can mm. if you can find his games, i got a couple down games, uh, but he's still going to get his usage uh, mainly on the, on, in, on the ground. Uh, it's the targets that drop off for him a little bit where I think with the, you know, the addition of Mark Ingram helps kind of get him back, maybe back out into the uh, out split him out wide Where I can help him get targeted a little bit more. Cause like you said, the saints need desperate help at wide receiver. And that's even assuming if Michael Thomas does end up coming back, which who knows? at this point. But yeah, if it was me, like I would absolutely be getting Taysom Hill. Uh, if he's a starting quarterback, you're looking at a high upside quarterback two, uh to a low end QB one every single week. Uh, Cause we wow. now have, we know what he can do in this offense. We know how much Sean Payton loves him. Uh, so yeah, I would have no qualms about getting Taysom Hill. If he, if he's active this week, I'm starting him uh, in my fantasy leagues.
0: And just shifting gears a little bit for a final question. I'm just throwing this out there uh, impromptu. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, some other receiver. Yeah. Do you think they could end up with the Saints? The Saints seem to be uh, – Michael Thomas uh, uh, sent a cryptic tweet Sunday morning regarding Calvin Ridley, Ridley, uh, yes. personal reasons uh, out of week eight. He's missed two of his last three games for personal reasons. Um, Michael Thomas tweeted out something to the extent of, I'm right there in that hole with you. Mm-hmm. Um which anyone who's rostering Michael Thomas, first of all, anyone who cares about Michael Thomas uh, should care about that tweet. He's clearly um, not in a good place, uh, uh, whatever that place is. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, it's fair to wonder, are, are we going to get Michael Thomas this year, let alone week nine. And so if the saints are right now looking at how they're doing, they're going They're you know, half a game out of first place in the NFC South. Um, They've got uh, a, a chance right now to win the NFC South. Where if they had lost uh, Sunday night, you know, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, then uh, then they wouldn't have. In all likelihood, they would have been out of it. You know, they could have yep. gone for a wild card, but they're not going to catch up to the Bucks at that point. So, do they go out and get a Deshaun Jackson or some other receiver who can help just it, it create a little more dynamism mm-hmm. in this receiving game? I think they
1: end up making a trade for a receiver. Um, I could see Deshaun Jackson, and they could probably get him at a, a fairly cheap price. Um, and he's been playing well. I mean, his yards per catch, like he's average, like it was like 24 yards per reception or something like that. Wow. Like, he's doing what Deshaun Jackson does. The difference is is Deshaun Jackson wouldn't be having someone with the arm of Matthew Stafford. He would be going to someone who throws like Taysom Hill. Uh, so it's how would you use yeah. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson in that offense? Uh, it would have to be, you know, some more more rather than just the deep catch, it would have to be, you know, like you're, you're after the catch. Uh, what he does rather than just relying on air yards. So I could see him. Um, Jameson Crowder, I could see, uh, because he's on the last part of his deal. We actually didn't even expect the Jets to bring him back. Plus, they already have his replacement with Elijah Moore, who they drafted out of Ole Miss. I could see him. Um, Someone like Michael Gallup, I think, also makes sense. Uh, Michael Gallup's guy who you know we could see being moved on the last part of his deal. Cedric Wilson is playing incredible football and he even looks like a better passer uh, than some of the quarterbacks that are right now starting last weekend. Uh, so I could see I could see Michael Gallup potentially move, but I do think that the Saints will make a move uh, with the trade deadline looming. It makes sense to try to bring something back into this offense. You know you probably have a smaller a short window to try to win. Uh, so yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I would see them making some type of uh, situation happen.
0: I really like your Crowder call because you've you've been pretty consistent uh, about getting more you know more touches, and it's just not happening with Crowder blocking that slot space. Crowder is a he comes to me as an observer. He's one of those guys who can step into an offense, and he's a professional, and he can find his way basically. Like he he's a he's a great pass catcher. Uh, He doesn't need to be the number one. He fits into the role that's that's there for him. He's played on bad teams. I think you'd be thrilled to go to a place like the Saints yeah. and be and and have a chance to actually have an impact. Um, I wonder if someone like Gallup or or uh, or Deshaun Jackson would be upset, kind of like what you said, going you know instead of Stafford throwing to him or Dak Prescott getting Taysom Hill throwing. I mean that's going to mm-hmm. damage their uh, value uh, for a new contract uh, potentially. Uh, but Crowder makes a lot of sense. By the way, just a little segue it is fascinating to me that we had three backup quarterbacks this past weekend, all underdogs, their teams were underdogs, all win, you know, between Mike White, Trevor Simeon and Cooper Rush. And, you know, just fascinating to me that we've, we've talked a lot over the years and not you and me, but just in general about there's, there's this lack of talent in the quarterback sector in the NFL. It's surprising sometimes to see some of these teams roll out starting quarterbacks and they just don't look ready. Mm-hmm. But here are three backup quarterbacks, two of them with no experience, one of them with solid experience but not, you know, really thrown into the uh, the mix with, you know, with, with against the Bucks, and all three play some of the best football that we could have ever anticipated out of yeah. them. And and you even pointed out from an earlier podcast on Pro Football Network, uh what was it Trey Wingo commenting that uh uh Mike White had the best first game, you know, uh, uh, uh inaugural game by a quarterback in terms of 400 yards. And what was it? Three touchdowns. Was that the, or was uh, it, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, of, of any, uh, uh, uh first game by a quarterback since 1950 in the NFL. So it's, uh, it's incredible to think about that and think about as anytime people are, are complaining about their fantasy teams and saying, there's no one good on waivers there's always people good on waivers. We just have to think about, you know, we often find out about them after the fact. So we just, yeah. I mean, none of these it.
1: guys did anyone any favors yeah. in fancy. Like no one was starting, you know, magic Mike white, you know, this week. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like I was, no one was touching him. You weren't touching, obviously Trevor Seeming Cause you had James Winston starting right. Uh, Cooper rush. You probably weren't playing him either. Um. It's just one of the situations where it's, it's good to see this happen, but, a lot of times we see a regression come the next week. If these guys true. do end up maintaining the rules. Uh, although I think the only one we're probably going to expect to see playing next week will be Mike White. Um, yeah. And then Zach Wilson gets to come back in week 10 and face the Buffalo Bills. So I'm sure the New York tabloids will enjoy that one.
0: <laughs> and I'm saying also from personal experience, because I have CeeDee Lamb and I have Michael Carter on my team. Yeah. And so I was struggling. Do I do I start CD Lamb on Sunday night or do I do I go with somebody else like a, you know Darius Slayton? uh, on Monday. And I decided to go with CD lamb and, you know, it, it worked out great. Like Cooper rush was more ready than I anticipated and Michael Carter feasted. I mean, it was an incredible, I, I, I traded for him on Thursday. Uh, if you have Michael
1: Carter, you need to hope that Mike white stays in there. Cause I believe, yeah. didn't Michael Carter actually lead target the, uh, the league in targets this week with 14. I, I think it was actually right. number one. nine in Card-
0: of 14. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Um, cause yeah, I think, I think T Higgins had 15 last week. Um, but, uh, but that might be right about Carter. Yeah. So it's like, it is pretty cool to see that, but I don't want to digress too much. Um, uh, Derek Henry, big story, Jameis Winston, obviously a big story, but overshadowed by Derrick Henry, just the impact that that has on fantasy teams. There's always other opportunities to get value. We just got to, you know, dig deep enough for them. Trade deadline is tomorrow, Tuesday. So be ready. For more activity, Uh, I'm sure Tommy and I are going to be talking about that a little bit on tomorrow's podcast. In the meantime, on behalf of Tommy Garrett, thank you. On behalf of myself, thank me. Thank PFN. We're a pro football network. uh, Profootballnetwork.com. Check us out on the fantasy page, and we'll see you tomorrow.